one of the most sad and solemn images that we see more frequently on television these days is that of a hearse carrying a, a flag-draped coffin and driving slowly through the town of Wooten Bassett, carrying the body of some young soldier usually killed in Afghanistan. It's truly tragic uh, to think of these people, some of them barely out of their teens, for whom life has suddenly ended. And of course, when you hear people talking, they're saying, why, what's the purpose of it all? Those in charge, of course, give us the quite valid answers. They, they died protecting us from future terrorist attacks. They've died protecting the Afghan people from the Taliban. Reasons are given whether the relatives are able to accept them or not. But for other people in life who die or who experience pain or trauma or tragedy in, in different circumstances, an answer isn't always available. There's not always an answer to the question why. For 14 years now, I've been visiting a young man in hospital here in Belfast who makes no response to me or to anybody else. Just over 14 years ago, he was walking on the shore road. A, a passing car pulled up. Several men got out and began beating and kicking him, leaving him for dead but actually causing him severe and irreparable brain damage. They didn't know him. They were just cruising around looking for someone whom they perceived to be from the other side to attack. And he hasn't responded to any of us for 14 years. His mother and father, they have passed on since it happened. His sister regularly visits him, takes his washing home to do it, and I talk to her from time to time. And if she asks me the question, why, I've no answer. I don't believe that in this world there'll ever be an answer. Almost 200 years ago, one of the great thinkers in Europe, a Danish Christian by the name of Soren Kierkegaard, he wrote and struggled with questions of human suffering and unexplained suffering like this. And he coined a famous phrase that's uh, still known today, life must be lived forwards, but it can only be understood backwards. Life must be lived forwards, but it can only be understood backwards. What did he mean? Often, we cannot understand why bad things happen to us. We look for a purpose in pain. We don't find it. We try to see God's hand at work, but we draw a blank. We, 
We, we cry out for help sometimes and it doesn't seem to be forthcoming. We, we struggle to understand why God seems silent and unmoved by our plight. We, we don't always get an answer. We keep on going walking in the darkness. And then Kierkegaard suggesting that as you do that, as you remain faithful, then when you look back, whether it's weeks or months or years later, we look back and we recognize with amazement how God was at work in our lives, perhaps when, when we were least aware of it, experiences that seemed cruel, situations that looked bleak, days that felt hopeless, turned out when he looked back on his life to be formative moments in his journey of faith, leading him to deeper trust in God. It's only as we look back that we can begin to see why we didn't get the job we'd set our hearts on or, or the house we'd hoped to buy or how perhaps we were fortunate that the friendship that was so important to us at a time actually came to nothing. That's what Kierkegaard was meaning when he was saying we live forwards but we can only understand backwards. The perfect example, of course, of this in the Bible is Joseph, Jacob's son, Joseph. You remember him? Everything was going for him. His father's favorite son, his coat of many colors, his position in his family. And then, of course, he had that series of setbacks, his, his brothers putting him down a, 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 an empty well or pit to let him starve to death, and then being pulled out and sold as a slave and then being sold on in, uh, to Potiphar in, in Egypt, then wrongly accused of molesting Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison again, helping Pharaoh's butler, promised that he'd get, he would get help when, when that man was released. And, of course, the butler forgot all about him. Joseph suffered more major disappointments in life than most people. And yet, he kept going forward. He didn't keep give up. He kept his standards. He lived by his principles. Whatever he did, he did well, we're told. And soon he was in charge of others, whether it was in Potiphar's house or the prison. And in the end, of course, he became a leader in Egypt, saving the Egyptians and many others from a very lengthy Middle Eastern famine. And then when Joseph's brothers come from Canaan seeking food, at first he, uh, he, just, he, he plays with them, we might almost say. He, he hides who he is from them, but then in the end reveals himself. And he reveals more than himself. He reveals the underlying faith by which he'd lived. He'd live. He tells them that they meant it for evil, what happened to him. But God meant it for good. He says, don't blame yourselves. It was really God who sent me here to save people's lives. In looking back, Joseph saw God's purpose for his life. And indeed, saw therefore why he had to accept all those hardships and tragedies along the way. Not everybody, of course, is as fortunate 
as Joseph. For some people like that young man's family that I was talking about, for some people, the reason for life's hurts remain a mystery. In this world, we never get an explanation. Some of you will know the poem about this, The Divine Weaver. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I cannot choose the colors. He worketh steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow. And I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reasons why the dark threads are so needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. For many of us, it's only in the world to come When the canvas of our lives is unrolled, that we will receive the explanations that we need. We will gain the understanding that we seek. We will get the deliverance that we yearn for. In this life, there is no guarantee. But God does give us promises to help us live this life despite the hurts that Peter talks about, that Paul experienced. And what are these promises? First, there's the promise of the presence of God with us always. You have the promise of Jesus to those first disciples before he left them, I will be with you always to the end of the age. In John 14, as Jesus is talking to the disciples about leaving them, promising another helper, the Spirit, he he also says, but I will be with you always, underneath of the everlasting arms. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are the promises of God's presence that are for us who place our trust in Christ. And secondly, We have the promises of God's power to help us keep going. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power, Paul wrote. And yet, many of us will remember Paul's experience. And many of us indeed may have a similar experience to the Apostle Paul As he was going around the Mediterranean trying to to spread the news about Jesus, trying to convert people to this new faith, he was hampered by what he called a thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know exactly what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. Some people believe he suffered from severe migraine. Others believe he had extreme eye trouble. But we do know this, that Paul, who prayed for other people's healing, three times prayed for himself. He asked God to take away his thorn in the flesh, his pain. He begged God to take it away. It didn't happen. Many of us have had the same experience. And in the end, God speaks to Paul. We don't know how he does it. It doesn't tell us, but God communicates to Paul the message. He said, look, 
This is not going away, but my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. He promises instead that he will support and uphold and help Paul in the midst of this pain that he has. God is saying, my grace, my love, that will be enough. And also the weaker you are, Paul, the more I will strengthen you. And it's the same with us. We may have pains and problems that don't go away. But God's promise is the same for us to support and sustain us in this world and to help us to bear those burdens and to overcome those problems. And the weaker we are, God is saying, the more we can be sure of his hold upon us and his help. Do not be afraid. I will help you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Underneath are the everlasting arms. One day, for all of us, and it may be on the other side of death, one day we look back. We'll see the pattern of our lives. We'll understand why the dark threads were there. And we'll find ourselves enfolded in the loving arms of God. Let's pray. Loving God, there are times when we find it hard to make sense of life, when your purpose is hard to fathom. There are times when we're puzzled by things that happen to us, confused by so much that seems to contradict your will and deny your love. We even wonder sometimes why you seem distant and unresponsive to our prayers. Help us, Lord, to believe that you are often at work in ways that we do not recognize responding to our cries, guiding our steps, even though we've no inkling of it at the time. Lord, you have been with us in our darkest moments, holding on to us even when we did not see your hand. And so today we ask, strengthen us in our weakness and our frailty of faith, especially when life proves difficult again, so that indeed we may know that you are near and we may keep living life with confidence, trusting ever in the presence and power of Jesus Christ to help us. And it is in his name we pray. Amen.